Hey, glad you can make it. Welcome to Fantasy Dad Pods, where dad bods are glorified and dad jokes are encouraged. I'm JT, accompanied by Sean. Sean, how we doing? Uh, not too bad. How about you? Not too bad. Had a nice splendid day. Went to the local BMX track. It's kind of just like a skate park, but for BMX stuff and threw my almost six-year-old down it. He almost crashed into a cement barrier. That was fun. That was like, oh, um he wasn't ready <laughs> yeah there you go so there you go. that scared him right off the bat so it was a lot of dad pushing and up and down those little berms and hills and i got my workout there you go there you go hey it's a it's a, it's a double whammy there you go right oh but it was, it was funny because um later on he asked he wanted to know what it was like to be married and so um I asked him to leave me alone. And then when he did, I said, I asked him, why are you ignoring me? There you go. There you go. Boom. Dad joke of the week. <laughs> the reality in that dad joke is, uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Say no more. Yeah. <laughs> this week, we are going to highlight dynasty catchers. Top 150. We're starting off sizzling hot with, <laughs> with this dynasty list. Love Just it. kidding. Check the look on your face. All those listening. Now we're gonna we're gonna highlight catcher probably each week. Gonna uh, do a different dynasty position, and uh, at least gives us you know probably like six weeks. I mean, outfield will, will be a doozy, but um, you know, and hopefully we'll have more positive news with uh, MLB actually, hopefully signing a deal. Um, with the MLB PA, but as of today, um, nothing <laughs> dead in the water. It just, just floating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So catchers, how do you feel about them? Um, they are interesting. I have famously wrote a number of articles on uh, catchers in the past and I developed the top 100 rule, which was uh, never take a catcher in the top 100 in, in uh, fantasy baseball leagues because i showed statistics over the last at the time you know this was a couple years ago um catchers who finished in the top 100 at the end of the season and overall rankings and it was basically none other than like a, a guy sprinkled in here or there so i my my thought is everyone's like oh, i gotta get my the best catcher and i was like well technically you get the most value if you wait for the catcher and let the people overdraft the top couple guys by a lot of picks and then uh go from there and I think that's continuing even more to the extreme since I wrote those, those articles um, because catchers are getting more and more split time and people who play catcher, you know, like Posey style or things like that end up slowly, gradually moving off of that position entirely. Um, JT Rilamundo is shifting to first base. He's still a catcher, but I don't know for much longer. Um, things like that tend to happen. So catchers tend to be a, pretty volatile so drafting them in a dynasty league i would say wait now do you have a official name for this because i'm thinking this is like the post joe mauer rule like once you he know, retired yeah. or you know past his prime you were like not top 100 i had well no i mean like in general there were a couple guys who cracked it i think famously i wrote this article or i did the the um compilation about three years ago was the last time i updated it and I think in a standard league um, years ago, standard has probably changed since then, but this was a redraft league, not a dynasty league. But uh, I think 
one year Yachty and one year Buster Posey had cracked the top 100. And other than that, no one in the last five years before that had cracked the top 100. Joe Maurer was several years before that. And uh, man, what a year that was. But uh, he's going to a third overall the next year. And uh, he never got in the top 100 again. So again, people be very wary of, hope you get the, the Joe Maurer year or the Buster, Buster, Buster Posey year. But uh, banking on that is where I think it is. I said, I called it my rule of 100 in the article. Don't draft catchers in the top 100. But uh, uh, I guess, I, do I need a better name, nickname, JT, for that? Or No, I was just, I was just thinking Joe Maurer popped in my head. I was like, what about, I mean, his prime, like, was it his MVP 2009? And then I want, I want to, my claim to fame for writing that article was I wrote the article on friends with fantasy benefits website years ago comp like it was like, like 10 pages had all these information all these charts listen to the cbs daily podcast guys and they quote good friend uh justin mason for coming up with the rule of 100 and i was like uh excuse me i wrote the article it was <laughs> Mason's, not only his website but i wrote the article <laughs> so but i never i never got that shout out from the cbs guys but uh yeah um yeah, it's catchers again. And I see here, I'm looking at dynasty stats. And again, there's one catcher in the top 100. Actually, technically there's two. Number number two guy is at 100 exactly. Um, I would also not take either of these two guys. We'll get into, you want to start at JT with, with the, the top couple guys? Like we're good with that. I'm, I'm the, the first name came to my mind was this last year, um, 2021 season. Salvador Perez. I mean, I would think he had one of those unique years in terms of production he dh'd a ton um but technically you know catcher eligible and that's all that that matters um you know ask rizzo a few years ago about second base but (laughs) um he's 31 i'm just curious on like where you would place him amongst like the big names that you first think of uh as in terms of dynasty yeah dynasty overall he's got to be really low i'm gonna be honest uh like a 48 season home he finished 27th in in standard scoring leagues um that's that's really high but again like you said he's quickly in the route of shifting off of of that i mean yeah 121 rbi salvador prez very i mean good player but I mean, did you expect him to hit 48 home runs? He basically doubled his career total in one year. Like he, he I, I, I'll, I'll be the first to say it. he's not that guy. Like he, he's just not that guy. I, how, how old did he officially turn? Can't, I can't remember, but uh, yeah, I'm not banking, especially in a dynasty league where you need continuous support or continuous like value from a position. He's only 31, but that is pretty yeah. old for a catcher. I see the writing on the wall of him shifting away. And in a couple of years, if he keeps hitting like this, he becomes a Nelson Cruz and is a DH only guy. Cause I don't, I know that he wants to play and he was notorious for always playing catcher, but with how much he did play DH this year, I think it's the trend is starting and I'm not sure how much longer. And like in three years, is he going to have catcher eligibility like straight up? So if you draft him in a dynasty league, he might lose that sooner rather than later versus my number one overall guy. And I'm going to throw something out here. JT is, if I'm drafting a catcher, I'm drafting Adley Rushman number one over Senior Will Smith, the Fresh Prince. Oh man, yeah, I could see that. Um, 
my 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 logic my logic with that so will smith obviously super awesome and amazing the issue with that is like you're gonna have to draft him higher adley rushman is younger has i mean has every tool in the in the toolbox of being an elite catcher is quite a bit younger is going to go on a team with no question of playing time here very soon like there's he's he's it <laughs> like he's in your entire organization the dodgers always seem to pull some like crazy top 100 athlete out every couple of years so but he he's younger has every bit amount of talent he you can get him later i think you could honestly get him a little bit later than this this is saying at 100 i think you could even wait a little bit longer than that so if if i'm my gun let us says i wait for a catcher and i'm not drafting will smith at like 70th overall to take a catcher so i'm not even looking at will smith in these in these dynasty drafts i like it i mean ultimately i feel like they're gonna want to to play adley quite a bit um switch hitting it's 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 so impressive um i just hope we get to see him play in 2022 uh, well, I hope we get baseball in 2022, but yeah, like, I mean, barring we don't get baseball, I think we will, we will see him in the bigs in 2022. I have been listening to some things and talking, chatting with some people and I, I can't, I mean, he ended at AAA last year and absolutely great. 142 WRC plus, like, I mean, he played 43 games. Like he, he had a decent sample size. Everything that everyone's talking about is this dude's ready to go right now. Yeah, in terms of catcher on your team, you just don't want a liability. You don't want someone who's going to drag down your stats so bad. Like, if Salvador Perez does not hit for all that power, he barely walks, and he's coming off a career-high K percentage year as well as in terms of these home runs. So if you feel like the home runs are you know, pretty much definitely going to regress. What are you left with? I mean, depending on your league being average or OBP, I feel like definitely that plays a factor. Whereas, I mean, Adley Richmond's profile um, projects as a pretty solid plate discipline. Double A was pretty much a one-to-one. So I don't know if, did he even reach triple A? Maybe got a little bit of a taste, Adley? I don't know. Yeah, he he played, no, yeah, he played almost 50 games at triple A. Did he? Okay. Yeah. 43. Yeah. Yeah. I like Will Smith though. Um, both of them, actually all three. Um, <laughs> but in terms of the catcher for the Dodgers, Will Smith, um, I've had him on quite a few fantasy teams. I just, I, you know, when, when it works well for you and he's become, he's risen up over the last few years in terms of just playing time. That's a huge thing with catcher um but that's my biggest question i was going to ask you was it was his first time getting more than 200 160 at bats in a season and people already drafting him like 70th like that screen like in a dynasty league i gotta know if you're up there that i i can count on you and yeah will smith when he's played has shown really good things but he's never even come close until this year of being an everyday player so we have 500 at bats or so of like, yeah, every, he could be an everyday player, but what, you know, it's really his second year next year. Like. Yeah. 20, 2020 was really, I mean, technically he played half the season Yeah, but before that was only like a third of the games. Yeah. It's just like, you know, like a, a, when we're counting a full major league season, you know, 
you know, 162 games, he's, he's at one time. And I'm just like, when teams constantly get to see you constantly get to see you, how, how is he going to adjust next year? I don't know what that looks like for him. I anticipate it being well, but again, with my 70th overall pick, I mean, hoping it goes well is a pretty big gamble in a dynasty. Yeah. Also in terms of just like strategy, um, I would think I would lean more favorably slightly towards an AL catcher that might DH occasionally. Yes. Um, NL catchers might get pulled for more defensive minded, you know, like in the last couple of you lose a net bat here and there um and, and without the dh aspect um something a lot a lot of top catchers to here JT, like you said are, are are national league guys and i think that is a like unlike a lot of other positions you really have a good point that is a real concern with catcher and al catchers i think should get a bump because of that that's a really good point because that that dh days are valuable for that i mean salvador perez isn't even close to where he is now if he doesn't play in the in the American in the American League, his numbers as a DH were amazing this last year. Right, and you'll see the difference ultimately as a catcher's career progresses, especially through their prime, whether or not they're a good batting catcher or they're just a good batter. Like you touched on Rio Muto earlier, they're playing him at first. They want that bat in the lineup if they you know if they want to give him a day off, quote unquote, behind the plate but they still want that bat in the lineup. Okay. Hey, you're going to learn first base. We, you know, we want your, your three or four at bats, you know? Um, so that, that to me is a plus as well. Um, and something to, to look at um, in terms of maybe, what would you call that? Like playing in the minors. If, if they dabble a little bit at first base, you see that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that's always, you know, hit or miss because you might lose out on the position eligibility by the time they, they get to the bigs and maybe they've, you know, they're almost maybe like too valuable per se and and moved away from that catcher position. But I mean, that that's getting way into the weeds, but something definitely to consider. Um, but I do like the AL lean. Yeah. Um, let's go a little bit further down here. I mean, we talk about, Young guys, we talk about proven guys and then young unproven guys. Number four, they have Dalton. I can't. I can never pronounce his name. Varsho. Varsho, yeah. At number four, um, twenty-five. He 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 has shown some nice things, but like seven fifty-five OPS in one year with two hundred eighty-four at bats to be number four in a dynasty league above one spot above JT Realmuto, like. I, I think that's probably the most egregious name I've seen on this list for a while here. I like him. Don't get me wrong. I like him. I like his, his makeup and everything, but that is really high to draft him that high. To me, it makes more sense in a redraft if you're thinking yeah, yeah. like a catcher ranking because he played a ton of center field. Yeah. And I don't, I, you know, I probably should look up here while we're talking how many, how many plate appearances he had while he's playing catcher. Um, let me do that real quick yeah i'll, I'll keep i'll keep but like but the stolen bases about, are the big thing with varsho i mean he's yeah. got speed he played center field for you know for gosh sake so i mean he's athletic but yeah it's 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 really odd it, it's it's just again he 
the rest of his his makeup again he didn't hit particularly well getting we gotta we gotta curb our expectations for catchers a little bit 11 home runs six null bases sorry in uh 180 see and again he played 94 games but only had 180 at bat or 280 at bats like that's a lot of like cleanup work not starting games you know like he's on pace for maybe 500 i mean that's not even on pace for 500 at bats like he's got to get a little bit more playing time i think he will with arizona but again it's like his year before wasn't that great in 100 at bats 37 games he was he was it was rough so we don't know what he is yet and to draft him fourth overall and i think what was this projection like one yeah 157 that is that is really high in a dynasty league to draft a guy who has again had 280 at bats of solid baseball in a national league like jt said and a guy who could very easily switch positions and has played a lot of other positions yeah i'm seeing um appearances pretty much 50 50 maybe like kind of like 40 60 and in terms of like 40 being the catcher and and 60 percent going to outfield we talked about salvador perez slowly shifting over and he only played 30 percent of his bats i think as dh dalton is 50 50 like he's 20 percent further on the shift already like i don't if he can play center field and plays it relatively well I don't see how they're keeping him a catcher. And that's what I'm saying. Like if there's, if somebody shows anything else somewhere else, or they could save that at bat for something, they're going to shift him out of this position. And I mean, that's what makes Yacht has made Yachty so unique over these years, but like that the versatility actually is a scary thing in a position like this. And yeah, I, I, I just think he's too high. I would have JT Realmuto definitely a little bit higher. I would probably have him at three over Salvador Perez too. The only thing Farsha has going for him, well, not only, excuse me, the, another benefit he's got going for him on top of the steals and the catcher eligibility is playing on a, on a weak team in terms of they want him in the lineup, that whole mantra, maybe dabbles at catcher, plays outfield. And if you, depending on your league settings, like Yahoo, it's a really low threshold to get eligibility at a position he might be able to string it together for a few more years, but I mean, that's just like, what do you want to do? You want Varsho and just hold pretty much count on him as an outfielder, reap the benefits of his catcher eligibility as long as you can, but then you'd have to have another catcher on your team, depending on how big your dynasty team is and how deep and stuff. That's just like, I don't know. It's not really great or fun even having multiple catchers on your team, like yeah. whoop-de-doo, but yeah. unless it's Adley and then you're just like, what's I, up? I, I will, I will say something. So I wrote this article and I had a friend who was in a fantasy league and they had two catchers on their team. And I was kind of making this article about them and like, why are you doing this? And the next year, two catchers proceeded to be top 100. There were the two Buster Posey and Yadier Molina. And I went, are you kidding me? Like, I said, don't draft catchers. They draft two. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why are you drafting so high? They were the two that broke the rule. At the time, the rule was perfect. But then that, that broke and I had to amend it the next year because those two had set, got, I think one was like 78th and the other one was like 98. So they barely both squeaked in. But I was just like, are you kidding me? So, yeah, uh, I, I, you know, I want to get your take. I can't can't really narrow down where I want some of these guys. And my, the one I keep coming back to is, is essentially 
a little bit further along Dalton and, and Adley is Joey Bart, huge draft pick. Uh, all the talent in the world has not, has not done it yet. Where do you, in a dynasty format, where do you anticipate taking Joey Bart? Um, in a dynasty, I, you know, talking like probably a 15 team plus in terms yeah. of what dynasty leagues are larger, larger. Um, too. I'd be okay with like waiting until some catch, you know, majority of, uh, the first catchers on teams have gone, um, and, and snagging them kind of like in, late in the first, like round you know kind of set of catchers if that makes sense yeah so like right now he's going like 12th among the catchers around 250 ish is that like right around where you're looking at him that seems that seems pretty comfortable because i mean looking at the other names there um grandal's going ahead of him i mean i i think i would like bart ahead of me too kirk yeah um and toronto i mean kirk's Kirk's underlying stats look awesome, but it's the playing time that's a question mark. I think he's on the on the shorter end of the stick in terms of that, which is interesting. But I mean, things change, injuries happen. But um, and then and then shortly after that, like, I mean, it lists Henry Davis, but I'm going for playing time. I mean, Dynasty. We ended last our last episode with win now you know when try to win the first year so playing time is obvious you know thing unless you have built in minor league you know position slots that don't affect your total roster number but joey bart is coming into san francisco as the heir apparent i mean buster posey retired hat tip to him and that's a large void of at bats to fill at the catcher position and I would, I would feel great about having Joey Bart as my catcher, as long as, yeah, uh, like around the two fifties or so, like Mm -hmm. you're in a 15 team and you, you take him as the 12th team to get a catcher. Like that seems super comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with you. The, the Kirk thing we talk, we talk about playing time. And again, a lot with catchers, the numbers you have to skew and they're not going to be as good as other positions hitting. And, and so definitely, Kirk's uh, numbers played last year, 764. But again, in two years, he has 180 at-bats. Like JT said, playing time is just – it's a big issue. And they already, and he's the second Toronto catcher on this list. They have Gabriel uh, Monroe ahead of him. So it's just like, yeah, I can't justify taking a half-time playing catcher higher than a Joey Bart. Like, I really – I really can't. Like – and again, like – Gary Sanchez struggle at Gary Sanchez. I mean, has seven thirty OPS. Like it's not far off Kirk's and he's going like, where, where, where did, where, where did I see him going? He's going two almost 200 picks later. Like Gary Sanchez right now, I think is a catcher. And again, you're 200 picks later for a guy with 40 points off OPS. I, I can live with that. I can, I can definitely live with that. It, it, now, it, it, if if Kirk was everyday catcher, I think he's you know, with what I see in him, seventh or sixth. But he's he's just he's just not. He needs to be further further down quite a bit personally. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, most of the times you say, all right, hey, talent prevails in the end, but that's really tough to say with catcher because you don't expect the guy to play any guy to play catcher for 150 plus games. That's just that's a huge physical tax. Um, God, he's done. Wait, is he done? I don't, I, I can't officially like. I don't, I don't <laughs> he might come decide to come. I don't know. Like, he did he hear me? Like, is he coming back? Like, he's still playing. I think but, half cyborg. Yeah, just like got new playing, knees, guys. Played one hundred twenty-one games at thirty-nine last year, dude. That's not human. Like, but yeah. What's, what's the medical advances in the in the knees and hips department in terms uh, of cyborg technology, Sean? Type two, type two titanium. It's got like we like electrify the titanium, so it's like way more porous, so it's really good. Yeah, it's more flexible too. This is all real, by the way. But um, yeah. yeah, that's, that's a, please don't have total knees, Yadi or Molina. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, um, I'd say, is there anyone else, you know, just outside of that kind of in the teens through the twenties that like stands out where you're like, you know, I, I would, I would be comfortable having them as either my only catcher or, or, you know, say you're in your super deep dynasty and, or you have two, some leagues, you know, have a two catcher. Well, Any, like, anyone I, I stand out? Like, I kind of pointed to him already. Gary Sanchez at 400th overall. I mean, Again, you're, you're, you're not going to get world beaters going 400th overall. But, again, a catcher with a 730 OPS. Like, he two years ago, he was, like, 850. Like, I, I can live with somebody like that down at, like, 400th overall in a deep league. I mean, that that's that to me, like, if, I, if I'm banking and I, Gary Sanchez doesn't play catcher for me anymore, and I, I'm like, he can't ruin my season that far down, you know, or can't ruin my team, so – I'm not investing a ton in it. The only people I really worry about are again, the people in like kind of like top 200, because that's something you're really investing something in. And again, like when we say Kirk, like two fit 258, like that's not terrible, but it is still a little bit of investment, but top 200 is where you're really like, you're giving your opportunity cost of drafting. Some of these guys is like, there's still real players on the board in other positions. But like, again, when you get down to 400, I I'm, you know, a guy who's going to play pretty much most of the time. I mean, he, he's third you're gonna be 29 played you know 120 games last year at catcher 400 bats hit 23 home runs like it signed me up batting average didn't look great but again 730 ops that's what i really care about i like that um i know you like your uh your kind of falefa guy like yes and no um you you pick him up and drop him all the time (laughs) it's like it seems like you're always you're you're doing the juggling act with him yeah, because it, it's just like like where he about it, you know, he's yeah, leaving off here, here and there. Like, it's the yeah, it's the stolen, 20 bases. stolen bases. Like he does technically he's not even like should be eligible at catcher. He played so much shortstop and third, well, third primarily this last year, I think. Um yeah, it's just it's one of the things where I was trying to be smart and sneaky and just get some extra steals out of you know a catcher position. He had a solid first half and then he he went into the deep end, you know, there for the the dog days of summer, and then he finished he finished solid to end the last month of the year for twenty twenty one. I d- I think I'm just kind of like it it's it's there if the draft goes sideways or you see better value at others, and he's just there as just like a hey he he gets enough at bats to be relevant. 
And it's one of those things where I don't, I, you know, I just don't know if he'll have that eligibility, you know, the following year at catcher, but I'm surprised you didn't, you didn't harp on Mike Zunino. I was going to give you a chance. Okay. Get his page right now. (laughs) Cause you were like, Oh, Gary Sanchez. And I was just like, and in my mind, I just think, yeah, because he's on a good team and he gets at bats. But otherwise, I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't care to roster him. But that's but that's it. That gets like right. About. I mean, like, but... it's the at bats. He gets at bats on a good team. Like he's playing. Like Zunina's so going to be going into his age thirty-one year. But holy my only, cow! My only issue is he blew up last year. But like again, his bad years are 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 very bad we we harp on uh yeah gary sanchez for two last for two years ago being terrible that's like 40 to 60 points better than mike zanino's last two years like like so well let's let's be real here that's why that's why gary sanchez is higher than him his his worst years are better than a lot of mike zanino's last couple of years but that's kind of what like with mike zanino and gary sanchez if you're drafting a guy that late I just kind of want a couple things from him. Get at bats and hit home runs. I don't really care for anything else because if you're drafting for something else, it's it's you're going to have to go really high and it, to the point where my point is it's too high. So I will give the guys that something too high and I'll just get a couple little things as a catcher really late and be fine with that. Because the the what I'm going to have to what I'm going to have to roster for to draft JT Realmuto, you know, 165th overall, like he has 782 OPS. And I, or I, again, I could get Gary Sanchez, you know, 300 picks later and he had what? Oh, I already forgot the number now. Six thirty percent 30 points lower in OPS for 300 draft picks. I'm okay with that. So, and I think Gary Sanchez had more home runs too. So it's, it's kind of like, I'm very, very down on catchers. So that's why I like the Gary Sanchez is down there. I just need you to do one thing. Well, <laughs> that's it. Like, I don't care about much else. And he, he does the thing. Mike Zeno does the home runs very well. It's just, he does everything else so bad in the past. Yeah. And it's just like, if he could just be in the middle, he's never going to hit 33 home runs and have a 900 OPS again just don't have a 540 OPS. Like I need you to level out somewhere in the middle there, buddy. Like yeah, 700 OPS. I can work with it, but like, I cannot work with a 540. To, to me, the trade-off in terms of those, at least those two players have had pretty relatively healthy track records, you know, good amounts of at bats. To me, the trade-off is, do you want to go more risk and maybe a slightly higher floor? And you go like a Navarez or a Garver or Darnode. I, I really like a Sam Huff, actually. Ooh. Yeah, I really like a, a Sam Huff in there with how late that, that's happening. Yeah, that, that was going to bring him up when you're talking about the Omar Navarez and the, the okay. Garver. A Sam Huff, he's a younger guy. Got some 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 cred behind him. Um, in a dynasty league, you know, 24 I, I could get with that because again, you're getting them real late. You probably have to take another catcher. That's like, you know, just someone who plays like gets to bats until, you know, like, like a Yachty or something like that, like super, super, super late or something like that. 
but like just someone who gets some at bats to like if Sam Huff's like, oh, if they're the Rangers do a little something with him, or you know, just make sure that you have somebody that can actually play for a while. But uh you can always drop a Yadier once you like Sam Huff's the guy and establishing himself. But I liked his little sample size last year. Um it was very little, but showed some things and didn't do anything to warrant not playing. So yeah, no, I agree. And then another name that kind of stands out maybe that I would prefer. I mean, we're we're past pick 500 overall. We're into <laughs> the late 20s at least of of a dynasty catcher yeah. type of thing. But uh Max Stassi in LA interests me. Um I think the playing time's there and it's just a solid floor and something that like in terms of what you're looking at around him, I feel like there's just a f- little bit less question marks. I just feel feel okay about it. Like, in ter- you know, in terms of the context where we're at, in terms of yeah. evaluating. But um, I don't mind a Garver. I know he's getting up there in years, Darnode. I mean, they play on, like, solid offenses um, with opportunities, but the injury risk is kind of like it, you just got to know what you're getting into and really it probably comes down to your your roster how many il spots you got you know what you're what you're working with yeah no i, I really like the stassi with how i mean he's you know what almost 10 you know eight guys after my sam huff so you get a stassi again we i talk about ops because it's just the the straight up thing it's the 760 ops that late I mean, you're basically not, he's not even, depending on the league, not even getting drafted, even a dynasty. So you can basically get him with like your last pick or, you know, super late. I think see one metric here. He's going 301, but he's not, he's not even ranked overall in the top 530. So depending on your league, he might not even get drafted. So I, I really like that pick. That's a kind of, I forgot about him, but seeing him all the way down here, like that's, that's not bad at all. I already lost him though. Um, yeah. That's that's not bad. See, there's a bunch of like down here. You got some guys like a Cal Raleigh who's like got some hype and just had a rough first year. But my problem with him is like the Mariners do have technically two people who else can play catcher. And while Cal Raleigh might be some future and get some some hype there, they still have multiple guys who play catcher on their roster, and that just scares me. Just of playing time, they're going to ease him into this year, I think beginning of the year you don't know how it's going to look and how it's going to go and i think that's going to largely depend on how much playing time he gets this year and unfortunately um there are a lot of mirror catchers i just realized i'm here <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, man. yeah they all kind of equally share just a third of the playing time and uh, you know we'll just uh, see between, who pops between 46 and 23 there are four mirror catchers in that in that in that Right there, boom. There are four catchers right there that are drafted by the Mariners. It's just, and I don't want any of them. <laughs> like at Dynasty, let's be very clear here. Probably don't draft any of them. Um, we talked about uh, Dalton. Uh, I see um, Carson Kelly here at the at the very end. Um, are you worried about him still being a serviceable player and stealing some of, of Dalton's playing time if he doesn't play center field? Like, yes and no. Because um, Carson Kelly had a, had a solid year last year at 27. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's relatively young. Um, doesn't strike out 
a whole lot and he walked quite a bit, 12% this last year. How many he played? 100 games. So, oh, yeah, 97, so. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I still, I think Carson Kelly is one of those sneaky, you know, catcher eligible. You know, we probably talked about, you know, going to 2020, um, like, okay situation, uh, good amount of playing time. Um, I, I would think that that would be a, a solid one as well, just like a, a good floor to consider. And I don't see anyone who would be taking away playing time. I think it, it would just be the the health question mark, as you know, I guess you could say that for any baseball player. <laughs> yeah. It's a long season. But. Yeah, I, and I anticipate a guy like him will continue to drop in leagues when he probably shouldn't because Dalton's kind of like the new the new thing, the it thing. And Carson Kelly still has lots of value. He'll drop. See how far he drops in a league or see if you can wait a little bit on him because, like, he might not, but like I said, with like a Sam Huff that you can get later, if you kind of earlier, like 450, draft a Carson Kelly, then a couple rounds later, get a Sam Huff, like that's not a bad combo. Like Carson Kelly, you know, will get some playing time this year. And Sam Huff, like how he's come along, like that there's there's potential there that Sam Huff could just become a little bit better version of Carson Kelly than you can choose to move on with him. But again, moving on from a guy you draft in the 450 range is not going to make or break you. Like that dropping somebody right there is not a big deal. You just need kind of like, like JT said, play now, play to win now, but also a little bit bill for the future. So like Carson Kelly can get you that now win if you're kind of have a question mark later on in the draft with the in catchers, at least. If you want to go with somebody super young, Carson Kelly's a nice, nice guy. Yeah. I was just trying to like deep, just pick one out of these like super way down there on the list. Who's someone that's like at least salvageable or, you know, Elias Diaz kind of like stood out to me. I'm like, obviously a great park to hit in, but he's only 31 and coming off a, you know, 16% strikeout, 8% walk. I mean, he had his best year last year, too. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, it's nothing special. I mean, it's it's tough to obviously. Uh, I mean, you, the slugging like might be a little bit better situation there, 50, but fifty third catcher off the board. I mean, <laughs> you could do a lot worse than a seven seventy OPS with that position in Colorado. I'm I'm not even. My mind is not is blanking on other catchers that are just exist in Colorado. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, is there? Is there? Do they? Let's that's go it. roster resource on the entire this entire list. I don't see anybody that's worth that they even have drafting in the top. Dom Nunez. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, Elias Diaz is the catcher in Colorado, <laughs> barring a trade. So I mean, yeah, that's a nice deep find right there, JT. Like, yeah, that's. I feel yeah. better than Moses, especially when technically Maldonado around him. We got like, no, yeah, no fantasy no. pros listed. What, what was he 53rd yeah um i don't want any part of mark i'll go note catcherless before i play that guy <laughs> <laughs> a 570 ops no thank you like no thank you so i yeah i like i really like that uh that late round steal there um yeah i don't 
I don't see anybody. Obviously, that's really late. I don't see anybody. There's a James McCann who's getting some a little bit of love down there, but uh, nah, I'm okay. I'm okay if you get that deep. There's there's other options. James McCann, if you're going that deep for a guy, I would say so. He's going like now it's around six hundredth and things like that. If you're going that late for a catcher, just draft somebody who's young with some hype at that point. Because if you don't have a catcher at that point, anything anything you get is a, anything you get's a bonus. Any, it yeah. just like literally anything. I mean, Jason Castro kind of, you know, yeah, you know, sure. Like, but Maldonado gets so much playing time because he's such, like, he's so valued in terms of behind the plate calling. You know, for pitchers, he gets so much playing time. That offense is so elite. Like, they don't really care if it's it, whatever at the plate. Like, he, the way he calls a, a ball game for the pitchers is, is what he, the value he brings. So, Jason Castro not playing on the, you know, shorter side of playing time. Um, but I mean, it's that I don't just don't think it's worth it. Yeah. I think I just, punt catcher at that point and just not worry about it i mean at that point you'd have to be stuck in like a two catcher league and you're just yeah. like i i guess i need like if, some if type all of the catchers are gone that you're drafting the 56th catcher <laughs> um, <laughs> in the 30 team league with a two catcher roster, yeah oh my god jason castro way to go yeah fantasy pros b plus yeah like, yeah <laughs> way to be <laughs> <laughs> just draft Austin Barnes. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I think that pretty much sums up catcher. <laughs> just whatever. Any any other, I'll wrap it up here, but any other like minor league types that excite you in terms of just maybe a year or two away? Maybe you got a dynasty player that's listening and they they're able to stash like one of each position randomly i don't know what league does that but yeah they're like man i got a catcher minor league or spot and uh, all the big names are gone you know who do you feel warm and um, fuzzy? I, it's i mean yeah, i really like harry davis the, the pittsburgh guy but again like he's going 250s i mean he's known yeah yeah, I, I would have said Harry Ford, but he's already going in like the top 400 over here. The Mariners guy that they just drafted, I really like his at bat and his approach. But the, so that's the problem. It, excuse me. In this league, or in this, in this, we'll see it in other positions where it's not as bad, but like any sort of offensive prowess immediately suits you up these rankings. Like I see four guys, five guys in the top 17 that haven't played a day in, in Major League Baseball. And they're all up here. And it's and like that's not gonna happen for other positions. Like there's at least potential, but it's just like I need somebody who just doesn't have like you know a sub 700 OPS. And that's mm-hmm. basically what people are hoping for. Like so it, that's I mean again, Dal- Dalton is the fourth catcher and he had a 750 OPS and in 280 at bats. Like they're they're that desperate for it. So I would have said it for young guys. I like Harry Davis um, and I like Harry Ford or Henry Davis and Harry Ford. Sorry. But uh, they are going relatively high, both in the top 23 of catchers, unfortunately. Yeah. My only, um, my only yeah, yeah. other two names I'm, I'm seeing that they're just fun names, but uh, they're relatively high on catcher, but 
Dylan Dingler. That's yeah. that's a solid <laughs> baseball name. Um, he's with the Tigers in he's Double A. List, yeah. So strike out quite a bit. Doesn't walk at all. That's that's a really tough profile. So maybe maybe might be more of a defensive getting just playing time at bats type value. And then um, Atlanta has Shea Langliers, um, AAA, you know, just got a little a few, uh, was it five games at AAA to end 2021? Um, but like, it could be a, a solid, um, like, what were we talking? He'll, he'll play this year in the majors. Yeah, he'll, I, he'll, he'll at some point this year, he'll, He'll get up yeah, I could see him getting into the, like the top thirty of dynasty catchers in a couple years. I mean, he had, it seems like he's probably got like a really solid floor, and then Darnold will probably be out of there by then and get some good playing time. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. He he's got he's got some he's got the unlike the unlike Harry Ford I talked about, who's a number of years away and might not even be catcher eligible by that time. Uh, uh, Shame is is gonna be playing this year. Uh, same with like a, a Cal. I mean, Adley Rushman will um, be like probably day one, but Shea will. It'll be after the April cutoff. I'm or assuming they have a full season after the April cutoff, and it might be middle of the season after the All Star break. But I, I assume he's up there. Like he, JT said, he got dipped his toe in, but he's shown enough promise that he'll he'll play. It's it's gonna be that team is largely based off the only thing that's going to slow them down is that team's largely based off their young rotation and their young arms. And it's how does he handle that more? I think they're more worried about that than his actual bat because that team goes by their arms. And so they have lots of them in the minors too. So um, I'm curious to see what they do there and how that would slow his progression versus other people who are just bat oriented. Cal moved up fast because he's a bat Cal Raleigh for the Seattle Mariners. Um. Shea has some bat potential, but again, like he has to work with those. Atlanta's going to want him to work with those pitchers because that's where that team value comes from. With that, actually, team. yeah, I was able to pull up their little blurb for on fan tracks. So, shout out what article? Who wrote this? Eric Longenhagen. So, this was June of 2021. Langliers is the premium defensive catcher who might just have like a a solid, you know average bat but dingler is the ultra athletic catcher with power so maybe he's like a a varsho light maybe just trying to find a position to play and get that bat in the lineup randomly so that's always interesting especially with like uh the talks of you know a robotic ump i mean how how much will a catcher like maldonado be valued if if it comes to some type of hybrid of that even um framing and whatnot i mean might as well just have an athletic bat in the lineup and just take the you know whatever average catcher catcher you get in terms of like framing or defense so that might be something to think about moving forward if you know but don't project for it just when it happens then adjust yeah but, i think it's a pretty good handle on the catchers yeah woo. We we went longer than I thought on catchers, so I'm proud yeah, of us. That's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it'd be like they suck. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do you want a punny dad joke? Yeah, let's do it. it. Let's do it. We got yeah, a punny one. I thought it was fun. Um, so in the past, 
I noticed that the poor had horses and the rich had cars. And now the poor have cars and only the rich seem to have horses. How the stables have turned. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, punny jokes are always the best dad jokes. Always fun. Get a little chuckle and head nod like, okay, I get it. Respectful. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you all for joining us. We appreciate you listening. Uh, we're going to highlight another dynasty position next week. But until then, take care, be well, and we'll see you. See ya.